if you look at YouTube priorities for 2021, live video is where it's at, shorts and live video. And so just pop open your laptop and go live for 10 minutes. Do you have an inspiration? Go on and talk for 10 minutes. Don't worry if you don't get feedback because remember on YouTube, the difference between a Facebook live and a YouTube live is it's searchable forever. A Facebook live just gets buried down and there's no keywords or anything to look for. Welcome to the Business 360 Podcast, where we will take a 360 degree view of all things business in under 30 minutes. I'm Rushab Kamdar, and I'll be your host today. So make sure you bring your appetite, not for food, but for knowledge. What's going on, business heroes? Welcome to episode nine. Today, we're going to talk everything YouTube. So make sure you have your notebook ready because we're going to cover a lot. Let's get to it. On today's podcast, we're going to be speaking to Brandy Sweezy, who is a YouTube expert. And for over eight years, she's been helping entrepreneurs with their advertising and YouTube strategies. Now, for those that don't know the value of YouTube, well, it's more than just cute cat videos. Specifically for entrepreneurs, Leveraging YouTube can be a game changer. YouTube acts like a search engine, which obviously makes sense because they are owned by Google. Here's a couple of stats. YouTube is the second most visited website in the world. And almost 90% of YouTube users come from outside of the United States. You know, India being the largest with over 265 million active users. And there's also over 31 million YouTube channels out there. And that's insane. Now, content creation is marketing now. Most entrepreneurs can do it themselves and they don't have to pay an arm and a leg for someone else to do it for them. So to get a little better understanding of how YouTube can help you in your business, let's get to the interview and speak to Brandy. Brandy, so nice to have you here on the Business 360 podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I got I want to compliment you so much on everything that you've done in this process of having me on. I really, 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 really want to tell you this because the document that you send, everything, your professionalism is just amazing and refreshing. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. No, that means a lot. I really appreciate you saying that. And I'm glad that, you know, it was uh, seamless for you to, to jump onto this show. So thank you for that. So, you know, what I want to uh, start off with is Let's let the audience know more about you. You are a YouTube marketing consultant. So, you know, explain a little bit of what that is and what do you specifically do? Yeah, so I've been doing YouTube advertising for about eight years. When everybody was jumping on Facebook, I had I had some back experience with Google Hangouts and YouTube in general. And so I had an idea about YouTube advertising and I told a friend that I had a theory and we did it and it went well. And so I've been doing YouTube ad- advertising ever since then. And then I've always had an agency that was, you know, done for you. And then I've transitioned into more of the consulting done with you because it seems like people want to bring either they want to have their in-house media buyers do it, or they're trying to do it themselves. And they just need that extra couple of hours of expert advice. And I actually enjoy that part of it. And then also even in the agency side of things, when people are doing YouTube advertising, I also help them with their organic, because if you're going to spend money on advertising, you want also that your organic, your brand awareness is there. So you may not see the money in your bank account. However, you're getting the brand awareness and the subscribers are going up. So when you say you help them with advertising specifically, if you can just give an example of what that would entail. 
Yeah. So on the agency side of it, what happens is somebody will hire me for a retainer for the month and I'll do all of the scripting and the actual media buying. They'll shoot their, their videos themselves. And I'm always a proponent for videos like this do better than big, high production. So people don't need to hire big editors and music and, you know, jump cuts and all of that. And so I'll script the ads, you know, usually the hook and education and then call to action. And then I'll actually do the media buying for them. And then we just continue to grow and scale from there. So tell me, you know, what is so special about YouTube versus all the other platforms that are out there? Well, this is not my phrase, but I have a friend of mine that said this in a room the other day, Facebook's schizophrenic, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? I love this. And so I'm going to keep on saying this. I've never said this before. You know, there's so many accounts being shut down and people that are spending really phenomenal sums of money will get their accounts shut down without explanation. And so what happened was back in 2008, you know, when everybody started doing Google ads, it was just like printing money. And then 2008, they called it the Google slap. And then that, that well dried up. Since then, Google owns YouTube. I think most people know that. has really become sophisticated for advertising and stable. You know, play within the rules, but you don't run the risk of losing your entire business. They're going to communicate with you, disapprove ads, but not just one day your ads are running and the next day your account's shut down and you have no understanding of why. And so it's just a much more stable platform. That would be number one. Number two is because it is a search engine, right? YouTube really is a search engine. When it first came out, it was cute kitten videos. And, and there's still some of those, you know, funny videos. However, people go to YouTube to solve a problem. You know, how to set up a podcast, how to build a website, how to build an email list, how to change a tire, how to fix your washing machine, right? And so people are there looking to solve problems. So YouTube advertising is amazing if you have a solution to the problems that they're looking for. So let's take that a little step further, right? I'm a business owner and I want to leverage my business on YouTube. What is my advantage or what are the advantages that I can get from that? You know, when you can put an ad in front of somebody that's on a certain desire path and you have a better solution for them, that's the gold, right? So that's called placements. That's the the, the type of targeting it is. So you find videos that allow ads that are talking about the problem that you have a solution for. And then you can say, hey, before you watch this video on this, I have a better, easier, softer, more whatever. And that also helps with the education the, the education piece, because if you can deliver better than that video they just watched, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that ad probably has my solution, but this video doesn't, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you said a couple of keywords that I think are important. You said scripting. You talked before about not having a high production on videos, just, you know, bring something of of quality content and put it out there, but you don't need to have a complete Hollywood production behind it. And, you know, that leads me to this question, which is no matter what your business is, there's a lot of people say they don't have time for it, right? And scripting takes maybe some time. And depending on the level of scripting, there's equipment, there's maybe lighting, maybe backdrops, et cetera. So what advice would you give for anybody that has a business that should be on YouTube, which I'm assuming maybe all businesses should have at least some presence because of the age we live in today. But what advice do you have for these business owners um, who say they don't have time or don't have the know-how on creating videos and uh, YouTube posts? I think it's, you know, it's, it's analysis paralysis, right? Everybody wants things to be perfect. And so that's really the barrier of entry for a lot of people is that they do think that they need all of that. I mean, you know, I, like even now, I haven't shot videos personally myself. However, if I was going to, this would be the setup. And this is like a little, my little webcam is, I think, I don't know, less than $100. One softbox light, maybe $50. 
I have a, you know, a snowball microphone, but right now I'm just using my computer because it sounds better. It's closer to me, you know, boom, done. That's all you need. And I'm a proponent for, and don't spend money until you're making money. Right. So don't go into buying the latest, greatest, bestest camera, tripod, softboxes, sound, you, you know what I mean? Like don't spend a couple of thousand dollars if you're not going to make a video, start making videos and then you'll find your voice. And this is the other thing. Like if you look back to like a Marie Forleo, I use her as an example a lot because when she started, it was on her laptop, looking at the camera here, sitting at her kitchen table. And she just kept every week creating content, creating content every week. And then you see, she starts to get her voice. She starts to get her stride. She starts to, you can watch her testing different things over a period of time. And then now look at her. She has a high production studio with the staff. You know, they do all of these things. It's just getting started. And I think this is like one of the funny things is everyone's always afraid that, you know, they're going to make a fool of themselves or, you know, and I, and I say this with love, the chances of anybody seeing your video is really slim in the beginning, right? You might get one or two viewers. So stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfect because you're probably not going to get viewers in the beginning. I, you know, I'm sorry, but this is just a reality unless you do advertising. So it just get in the consistency of doing it. And like before I used to do Google Hangouts, that's how I would do videos, just turn it on. And now, oh, I want to say this for your audience and for you as well. If you look at YouTube priorities for 2021, live video is where it's at, shorts and live video. And so just pop open your laptop and go live for 10 minutes and don't let your, just go on and talk. And I think I told you this too. I'm like, just go on and talk for 10 minutes. You have an inspiration, go on and talk for 10 minutes. Don't worry if you don't get feedback because remember on YouTube, the difference between a Facebook live and a YouTube live is it's searchable forever. A Facebook Live just gets buried down and there's no keywords or anything to look for. And that's the easiest way to create content. You know, you have a genius like, oh, I want to talk about this. Boom, do a live, talk about it, shut it down and, you know, keyword and do things. But yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's such a, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it wasn't. It was actually, you know, directly there. I think that's important for anybody. Even when I started my podcast channel, I mean, I was very rigid. My first interview, my second interview, I was trying to be very, you know, I, I had my questions written out, but you know, this is now episode nine, I think. And, you know, I, I feel a lot more relaxed at it and, you know, having that back and forth conversation. So I think what the advice here is start, don't worry, and you'll get better. Like anything in life, you keep practicing and you'll get better. And so yeah. uh, I appreciate that advice. And I know you talked about YouTube shorts. We'll get to that in a minute, but you know, when we talk about people who create content out there, specifically businesses. We know a lot of it is online course creators, influencers, and those types of content creators that are, that are out there that are really camera front facing. But there are a lot of traditional businesses out there, restaurants, accountants, insurance agents, real estate brokers. How can they use YouTube to leverage their business? Yeah. Like if you own a restaurant and you don't want to be the face of your restaurant, maybe it's getting your staff to talk about it, or maybe getting customers to give testimonials and videos of testimonials of their experience in the restaurant. Same with insurance or real estate, you know, with real estate, it's showing properties or talking about the neighborhood. You could voice over the neighborhoods. No, I appreciate that. I, and I think that's important, right? To think outside the box, because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a small accounting co company based, I think out of Florida. Uh, it was a two person office. And they just started talking about PPP loans, right? Because everyone wanted answers. Yeah. And whatever they were able to find, the little information that was coming out early on about it, they just did YouTube videos and they ended up having hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So 
I think as long as you can showcase what you bring to the table or bring value and content, doesn't matter what your business is, people will find it and you'll get customers out of it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And I mean, speak with passion, speak what you know. I mean, people resonate with that. And we all know the no like and trust factor, you know, that's YouTube videos give that. It gives you the sense of, you know, the person already before you're going to do business with them and they see you. And that's why it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, I like, that's why I like the lives. Maybe you flub up, maybe you um and all, maybe your kid comes running in the room behind you. Maybe, you know, something goes wrong. Like right before our thing, my light fell over and I was like, Dah! that's why I was racing around. You know, things happen, but that makes you more human. Like if you're like, hi, my name's Brandy Sweezy and I do YouTube advertising. And, you know, like the people are like, yeah, and we're out. Right. But if something funny were, and, you know, not to, I mean, if you're funny, then be funny. But, you know, stuff happens. Right. And let that happen. Like, you know, let it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's who you resonate with. You know, the imperfection, right. The humanity um, of a person. That's really what you're going to resonate with. And so that's why I like the less perfect, the better, because they see you struggling. They see you're nervous. They see, and they're like, oh, you too. All right. I, I, you're my person, you know, perfection is imperfection, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's my motto. So appreciate that advice. Let's get into what everyone probably wants to know, which is those posting strategies and hacks, right? So basically what is the best time to post in a given day if there is one? Or what is the average length of a video that maybe the algorithm can help with? And consistency, right? Posting on a consistent basis versus posting once a week. And the last thing I'll throw out there, and I know it's quite a bit I've thrown, but the last thing I'll throw out there is batch uploading, right? If you have 10 videos, you upload all at once, or is it better to bring uh, to, to post them over a course of time? Uh, I think this is always the question. And I I always tell people like, how often do you want to post? Like how often are you going to consider, you know, consistently post, right? Like, I don't want to be the person say, oh, you should post five times per day. And you're like, duh, that's drudgery. And then you don't do it. Right. If you can only post one time per month, then you do you right. Post one time per month, you know, put a video up one time. We're saying post, but put a video up one time. If you, if you have the capacity and you actually enjoy doing it, then set a schedule and say, I want to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you're really good at editing and you're a creator or something like that, then do five days per week, right? It depends on what you're going to do. That's always my advice. What are you going to do? Don't listen to me. You know what you're going to do, right? In answer to your bulk upload. Yeah. I think that, you know, like if, if you have like you with your podcast, so, so I'm episode nine. So you have 10 already on the shelf. I would do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, and then that way it's less pressure for you to have to create content by next Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then, you know, like the big people like a Marie Forley or Lewis House or any of those guys, they do like one filming day and it's all of the episodes. Well, no, I don't think Lewis does, but I know Marie does, you know, where she does a filming day and that's for the entire month, which is four episodes. She only does one day per week but she's been doing one day per week for 10 years, Mm. right? YouTube wants to see that you're going to be consistent. So if you say, I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1 PM, then make sure it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 1 PM. If you're not capable of doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, say I post every, I post every Wednesday at 1 PM. However, if you have a video on Monday or Tuesday, post it too. Mm. Right. But that consistency that they know every week at this time, and then an answer to your question, is there a perfect time? No. I mean, I don't know what the magic number of that is, especially because YouTube's worldwide. So YouTube has really robust analytics. I mean, really amazing analytics. And so you can start to see as you start to post content, you can see when the greatest watch time is. So then maybe you adjust, you started off at Wednesday at one, and then you see the analytics and everybody watches on Friday at six, 
okay, maybe Fridays at six is my better day. Right. But maybe not, maybe a little bit before because that's what time they're watching it, but that's not, you know what I mean? So maybe it's a little bit before, maybe it's Friday at three because you know, Friday at six, they're going to watch it. Right. How about the average length of a video? It seems to be five to seven minutes seems to be the sweet spot. That seems to be the overall consensus of people's five to seven seems to be the sweet spot. Same thing though. You can go long. I mean, if you're going to do something like this where it's longer, you know, so I think this will be roughly 30 minutes, you know, that's okay to do the 30 minutes, but make sure that you timestamp it at this point, this gem was dropped at this point. Don't say this gem was dropped <laughs> at this point. This was discussed at this point. This was discussed. That timestamp is amazing because that timestamp Google will rank that timestamp if it's very specific. Like this works really well for people that do like camera reviews and stuff like that. And they'll say at, you know, three minutes and 45 seconds, I discussed the lens or something that Google will actually take that and load that just from that timestamp on. It's Mm. insane. (laughs) How about hacks on creating names for titles? I know there's things like TubeBuddy out there. What do you know about it or what can you explain to the the listeners about that? I always say to title your videos and what's in it for them or what problem you solve. The more you can lead with how to something, right? And also remember that we, especially in marketing, we talk our own language and it's not a language familiar to everyone, right? So stay away from how to create a funnel. You know, we all breathe, live funnels, webinars, CRMs, advertise, you know what I mean? So we use that lingo, but it could be, you know, how to nurture your audience. You know what I mean? Like to try to think and always, and all of marketing should be at the, you know, second, third grade level of language. Because also think about that when I'm in pain, I don't think, how to, I'm like, how to make a CRM, you know, no, I, I want a solution and I want it now. And I'm going to talk like a second grader to find it. When I'm trying to think of ideas, I'll let YouTube auto, make sure you're incognito because it's going to auto finish based on your normal searching. So make sure that you're in Google incognito. Mm-hmm. So it's giving you that. And then I go down different rabbit holes, those that coveted suggested, and I see what's there and play around with that. And then of course, like you said, there's TubeBuddy, VidIQ can give you keyword ideas. It's always better to start with the title before you shoot the video, right? And this is a big mistake people make is that they, they go, they make the video and then they come back and they try to figure out how to title it based on what they talked about. And this is kind of talking about intention as well. Like if you have the title before you start the video, then you know what the intention and the solution you're going to solve before you actually push record. So really keeping that in mind. And I like, yeah, TubeBuddy and BitIQ both are good for keywords and things. How about thumbnails? What's your opinion on that? Title and thumbnails are the first two things you should do before you start a video because thumbnails are where it's at. Thumbnails are kind of like, and I see this a lot with people, it doesn't have to be the exact same title. Sometimes titles are really wordy and you just want to catch someone's attention and you want to make it really visually fun, you know? So just like, Three, four words, right? Not the entire title, but related to the title. Like, no, don't click bait. Don't bait and switch on people because they don't like that. But something related. So three or four of your keywords would be ideal. And then, you know, have it off center. And then, you know, take a photo of yourself while you're shooting the video or while you're editing the video. And then have have it be big there. And there's quite a few tools out there that help with thumbnails. Just be aware that people watch on their phone and their phone's a little itty bitty screen. So making sure that it really stands out, it really pops, it has good color and it's not blah. Thank you for that. 
Let's uh, move to YouTube Shorts. You mentioned that before. Not a lot of people know what that is. It's still in beta phase. You know, for me personally, when I try to go on my uh, YouTube app, I don't have the option. Some people in the US do, some people don't, but internationally, you know, it's it seems to be more prevalent. What is YouTube Shorts and what can you tell our audience about it? Yeah, it's the, they want to compete with TikTok, IG Reels. Uh, YouTube wants to do that. And it's 30 seconds. Whenever there's something new that YouTube is rolling out and you jump on it, YouTube rewards you. And because remember, they're for the creators all the time. So the more content that you put on shorts, your channel will probably get get some love from them too because you're jumping behind their thing. I mean, it's, I act like it's a person that's doing it, right? However, that's what, you know, machine, all of it is saying, okay, thanks. You're creating content consistently and YouTube shorts that 30 seconds, what the experts are saying, like there's one kid that went from zero to a hundred million views in like 30 days on shorts. Yeah. But he was posting three to five times per day for the first two weeks. And then it started to take off. And then he said his actual channel ended up benefiting as well. Mm. And so it's something to think about. It's just like a TikTok or an IG um, an Instagram story, you know, short form content, call to action, try to make it, you know, entertaining, funny. However, I mean, I know like lawyers and things like that are on TikTok that are crushing it. I have a client that kills it on TikTok as a lawyer. And just by doing that, you know, talking about immigration, right? It's not a really exciting subject, but he, he crushes it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, I think like most people, at least myself, like TikTok, I'm like, I'm not making any dancing kid videos. However, I'm hearing a lot of professional business people do it. So same for shorts, but because shorts is new, that's the land grab. You always want to be the first one on a platform. If you can be the first one, you, it's hard to be the first one. However, the, the, the early adapters are the ones that win. Once it starts getting saturated, then it's going to be very difficult to, to traction. So if I was trying to grow my channel organically, I'd be all over shorts right now. Wonderful. No, thank you for that. I think this was extremely informative, Brandy. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here on the Business 360 podcast, giving us your insights on YouTube. Hopefully it's helped a lot of people because I know it's definitely helped me reframe my mind and give me a clear path on how I want to attack YouTube as I move forward. So thank you for that. And it was my sincere pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure too. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Business 360 podcast. To learn more about our guest, go to thinkbusiness360.com. In life, I follow two things that keep me grounded. Number one, if you only listen to someone's successes and not their failures, you've only heard half the story. And number two, compete with yourself and help everyone else. You stay classy, business heroes.